This is the ministry from Sovereign Grace Reformed Church in Tiverton, Devon, United Kingdom. Well, once again, dear church family, we'll be considering the Apostle Paul's inspired words and salutation that he made to the Romans in Romans 1 verses 1, where the word of God says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Let me just say that again, the word of God here. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul was not always a servant of Jesus Christ, was he not? He, in fact, he was the opposite of a servant of Jesus Christ. He, for years, persecuted God's people and Uh, For years he hated the things of Jesus Christ, but here he's called a servant of Jesus Christ. Paul was not always called to be a messenger of God, a prophet, was he? In fact, he tried to stop the word of God for years from going out, didn't he? He did his utmost to stop the spread of the gospel, of the word of God. And so he wasn't always called to be an apostle. A messenger of God to spread God's word. And Paul was not always Paul was not always separated unto the gospel of God. He was he was separated unto the law of Moses, wasn't he? In the law of Moses he put his trust and his confidence in. That's really what he put his trust in. So what happened to Paul? Of course he had a change of name, didn't he? His name was Saul, but he, he not only changed name when God visited him, when God truly made himself known to him. What happened to Paul? What wrought this radical transformation in his life where he was completely separated and dedicated to that which he once loathed? That's the question really in verse 1. What made, what brought about this radical transformation That this person is now serving, this person is now being called and separated unto that which he once hated and loathed. Friends, it is the gospel of God. It's the gospel of God alone that did this. It's the work of God alone that did this. You see, many people today are confused and are ignorant to, to what the gospel actually means. What does it mean? There's, there's so many mixed messages out there today on what the gospel of God means. Some people think it's just about the Lord, about Jesus. Some people think it's just about the Holy Spirit and about the, the, an experience. But it's the gospel of God. It involves the salvation of a poor lost sinner, involves the whole Trinity, the whole Godhead here, the gospel of God. It's very important that we understand this. 1 Corinthians 14, 8 says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? 
There's a battle for souls going on right now for the souls of men and women and children. We must hear clearly the sound of the gospel trumpet, the full sound, as it were, not the undiluted sound. And so with God's enabling and the, and the, the unction of the Holy Spirit, I seek to simply explain what the gospel means according to the scriptures and the effect it has upon a truly believing soul. And so the word gospel here simply means good news. It simply means good news. Friends, have you ever had have you ever had one of those days where you've just received good news and it's just changed the outlook of your day? Perhaps you found out something about a loved one, perhaps Someone surprised you with a holiday or something like that or just some good news concerning a relative, whatever it may be. And it's literally just changed the outlook of your day. It's brightened up your day. Well, for the Apostle Paul, the gospel of God literally changed not his day, nor his month, nor his year. It literally, irrevocably changed his whole life. This was the best news, you see, that he had ever heard that changed what he would live his life for, what he'd be dedicated for, what, he'd, what his conversation would be about, the course of his life. You see, this news, this news was the best news that completely changed his life. The good news that Paul heard, dear friends, was completely transformational to his life and to his soul. And if I can ask us a question, has the good news of the gospel been the best news that you've ever heard? It's been the biggest news that has completely changed your life. Completely. Paul, every day, was in awe of this news. He was thrilled. He could not keep his mind off it. Every day he just had, had to think upon it. He, when he was at night in bed, he thought upon it. Is just obsessed with it. Is this true of us? This news, this good news, this best news. Have we received it in this way, friends? Well, the Apostle Paul is now a preacher of the gospel of God, the good news, no longer of the law. He was, of course, zealous for the law of Moses, was he not? But now he is zealous for the gospel. The good news. Friends, there's no good news about the law. The law has its purpose, don't get me wrong. Galatians 3.19 says, The law was added because of transgressions. It was added because it shows us our great need of Christ. The law came, to, the law came in, the law of Moses came in to put its finger upon our sin, to pinpoint our sin and to be our school headmaster that takes us and walks us, as it were, to Christ. It shows us that we are so, we fall so short of, of being accepted by God because of our sin and our depravity that we need a saviour. And Christ is that saviour. You know, some think... Some think that God gave Israel the law to give them an opportunity to save themselves. To give them this opportunity to save themselves. 
And the apostle goes through great pains to explain that this is a very sad and tragic misunderstanding of the law of Moses. There is no good news for the soul in that, friends. Galatians 2.16 says, For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. There's no good news in that, you see, dear friends. We cannot be justified by the works of the law. Was the gospel therefore just an afterthought by God because the law had failed? Certainly not. As we're told in Romans 1, 2 and 3, that God had promised before time of the gospel by his holy prophets in the holy scriptures concerning the Saviour. We think of Abraham, who God made those exceedingly wonderful promises that through his seed, not the, not only uh, his descendants, but the whole of the world, all the Gentiles as well, would be blessed through his seed, through the Saviour, you see. And Paul now has been exclusively separated to be this herald of this wonderful news, this best news, the gospel, the gospel of God. Many would have you think that the gospel of God is merely an announcement that God would forgive sins. And friends, that is just part of the truth. It's not the full truth. There was a doctrine in the Old Testament for sins to be forgiven through sacrifices, through an atonement. That's just part of the truth. The gospel message is not an appeal for us to do anything to earn our salvation with God. Sadly, many Christians think that the gospel is an appeal to just live a good moral life, to be considerate, to be ethical, to be kind and polite. The second table of commandments, as it were. And these things are good things, don't get me wrong. But friends, that is not good news in terms of salvation. They can never save us. That's not the gospel. That's not good news. Telling people that they ought to be better and and their behaviour must improve to be a Christian is not good news. It's terrible news because it will end them up going to church and doing things but never actually really in the kingdom of God. They're, They're literally like one of those five virgins that they're literally at the brink of the kingdom of God but not really not having the fullness of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It brings them right to the edge of the kingdom, but not yet in. This news, this good news, this best news, it's life-changing. It's, it's, friends, is the best news ever. And Paul says he's been separated to give only the gospel of God. This good news. Only good news. Not some form of good news. Not some, but the whole of it, the fullness of it. This news, friends, is completely life-changing. It will completely change the course of where your soul will spend eternity. And when Paul heartily received this good news, it thrilled him. Every day he was completely separated and dedicated unto this 
news. And so the gospel of God is not an appeal to us, but rather an announcement of what God has already done. God has already done it. The gospel is about what God has done for sinful, needy man. Not what man can do for God. You see, much of the Christianity, the nominal Christianity around us and the worldly Christianity, it's about what I must do for God. What I must do for God. Not what God has done for us, needy sinners. That's not good news. That's not good news in what we must do for God. Because no man, none of us will be justified by that in the sight of God. That's terrible news. That news will send us to hell. Paul's been separated only for the good news. Verse 16 of today's chapter says that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's it's the power. It's his power unto salvation. It's not ours. It's not what we can bring to the table. No, no, no. It's God's power, you see. It's what he does. It's his finished work. It's God's way of salvation, not for man to save himself. It's so indifferent, you see, to what people are told today. Notice in our text that the apostle calls the the gospel the gospel of God. It's the gospel of God. The gospel of God is the work of the triune God, not just the Son. The full Godhead is involved in the salvation of any poor lost sinner. You see, there's much in in liberal circles, there's much saying, you know, Jesus this and Jesus that. And it's it's so irreverent. You know, with this Asbury revival going on at the moment, there's, there's all this very flippant words. And it's all about experience and and, and all these things, it's all about the spirit and a new revelation, a new experience. But it's not about glorifying God the Father with my life, living for him. It's not, it's not about the son. It's the, 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 the son, Calvary, sin is all bypassed, you see. It's completely bypassed. The Godhead is completely bypassed. It's just about an experience. And if I don't have that experience, well then something must be wrong. That is not the gospel, friends. The gospel is the full trinity. The full God is involved in the gospel. It's mentioned so many times throughout the scriptures. The the Godhead. The the gospel of God in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 2. In 1 Timothy 1.11 where it talks about the gospel of, of grace in God. 1 Peter 4 verse 17, 2 Corinthians 11 7, 1 Thessalonians 2 8, Romans 15 16, the the gospel of God. Over and over again, it it, it makes emphatic that, that it is the gospel of God. Now, it's not wrong to call it the gospel of Christ or the gospel of the Son of the Lord Jesus. Of course not. But it's very important that we understand the full trinity the full godhead is involved in the salvation of any poor lost sinner it's not just jesus as many people many liberal churches will say just put your trust in jesus and they don't know actually what the gospel means what it costs the father what what, what it is 
that the Father did, what it is that the Son did, what it is that the Holy Spirit does. They don't understand, you see. We need the full truth, not just part of the truth. We need the full gospel. Many nominal Christians mention the name of Jesus Christ, but they have no desire to glorify God the Father. They just mention Christ. They have no desire to turn from their sin and to live for him exclusively. You see, it's not just about a change in one's life. I'm, I'm just not... I, I no longer swear or I no longer do those certain things in my life I never used to do. That's not the point. Is your life completely separated and dedicated to God the Father? Are you bringing glory to God the Father every day that you live? Are you living for him by, through Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you doing that? Anyone can stop giving up certain things. Are you living for God's glory alone? That's the gospel. You see, many people who mention the name of Christ have no desire to glorify God the Father as Christ did. Christ said, this, God the Father said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. The Son always mentioned the Father. I, I, I do always those things that my Father wants me to do. And that's the Christian's response. I want to always do those things that please my heavenly Father, to glorify his name. There's no mention, of course, of the horrors of man's sin, of Calvary, of substitutionary atonement. That's all bypassed, you see, in this worldly gospel, this watered-down gospel. All the persons of the Trinity are important in the salvation of any poor lost sinner. It's the gospel of God, the triune God. God the Father planned and foreordained and sent and gave his Son for poor needy sinners. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten Son. That's God the Father. It cost God the Father so much. To lay down his holy son for needy sinners. To give his son as a gift to wretched sinners such as us. It cost God the Father to be separated from his son. God so loved the world, he gave his son. That was God the Father who gave his son. That was him that uh, planned it before eternity passed. Before the worlds began, you see. God the Son moved in obedience to do it. It was, God, it was God the Son. It's one God and three persons. God the Son. Christ said in John 8, 29, The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. You see, God the Son moved in obedience to his Father to accomplish this great work of salvation. What it cost the Son to lay down his holy life, to be separated from his holy Father, the one who he spent eternity past with. Who he, they spent all this throughout eternity in love and sweet communion, but now he's separated. Now, now he's made sin who knew no sin. What it cost the Son, and what it cost the, the, the Father. And of course, God the Holy Spirit is involved as well in the salvation of any poor lost sinner. God the Holy Spirit applies and enables us to believe the gospel. 
Without the, the power of the Holy Spirit, none of us can believe. Ephesians 2 verses 1, And you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, without God the Holy Spirit, dear friends, we're dead in trespasses and sins. This is the gospel of God. The full, the full Godhead is involved here. And no wonder why the apostle intimates that, that he was absolutely thrilled and over the moon. That God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit would do this wonderful work in his life. Him the chief of sinners. You see, he understood that this was the best news. This was transformational to him. Is it the same with us? Have we properly understood the gospel in this way? Has it come to the best news that has completely changed our life now? Whatever we're doing before we were saved, has it completely changed now so that God is our Father? That we love him, we cry to him, Abba, Father. That we, we, we go through the Son. That we cry for the power of the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us. The, the, the full Trinity, not just the Son and not just the Spirit, not just some new revelation, some new vision, some new prophecy. No, no, the full Godhead here is involved. Has the gospel been the greatest, the biggest news that we've ever heard? Has it transformed us? Has it put a new song in our mouth? Even praise to our God. Friends, if you cannot say that the gospel has been the greatest news that did irrevocably change your life and your soul, then I can say with confidence that you're not yet a true Christian. It must completely change your life. I remember for me, before I was a Christian... I told people I was a Christian. I came from a Christian home. Although a broken home, it was a Christian home. I mentioned the name of Jesus. I did many things. But when the Lord actually saved me on that train, train in Italy, I truly knew what it was to be converted. The good news came with the power of the Holy Spirit through the Son to the glorifying of God the Father. It changed my life. My, my life was different from that day onwards. There was a new desire to read the scriptures. There was a new desire to live for the Lord, to live for his glory now. My theme, my, and it's like the Apostle Paul, and it's true of all that have experienced this, your whole life will change to the glory of God. It's not just about reforming oneself and not doing the same things I used to. No, no, my life is about glorifying God. That's my theme of my life. Is this true of you? Has it changed your life? It must be. And you may be asking yourself, yourself a question within yourself. Why haven't I received the gospel of God as the best possible news? I hear of other people receiving it like this and it's changed their life, but it hasn't changed my life. I feel like I've been left behind. I want, this good, I want the gospel to have this effect upon my life. I want it to change my life. Why, why has it not yet come to me in the way which I see in other people where they are living for the Lord, where they are daily dedicated to the Lord? Why hasn't it come like that to me, to my heart? Well, the biblical answer to that is, is probably because you have 
and this is what I had, you have an inadequate understanding of your sinful condition before God. How offensive sin is before a holy God. You see, that is our greatest problem in, in our society, that we do not understand our sin and our offense. You see, God has made us for himself. We don't belong to ourselves. It's been drilled into us in our culture that we belong to ourselves. Do what you want, live for number one, live for yourself. But that's not true. Our souls and our lives belong to God. They're on loan to us. They're on lease to us. They don't belong to ourselves. They belong to God. You see, he has made us for a specific purpose. And that's to bring bring glory to his holy name. That's the reason why we are created. We're not created to be like the animals, to eat and drink and be merry and watch telly and to live for ourselves. There's a purpose to our lives, a, a, a great higher purpose that God wants us to enjoy. It's like it says in the Westminster Catechism, doesn't it? What is the, what is, what is the chief end of man? It's to, to bring glory to God and to enjoy him forever. That's what we're created for. To bring glory to his name. And it's perfectly reasonable, isn't it? That the one who made us, the, the one who made us for a specific purpose, will want to have a relationship with us, will, will, will want us to, to live for him and to glorify him. That's perfectly reasonable. Yet, you see, the, 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 what, has, what separates us from this is an inadequate understanding of our sin. The deceitfulness of sin. You see, we don't think that our condition is as bad as we think it is. Every part of us has been corrupted. Every single part of us. That, that is the, the, the doctrine of total depravity. People say that's rubbish. That's not true. Of course it's true. Every single part of us has been corrupted. My eyes have been corrupted. My ears have been corrupted. My heart has been corrupted. My mind has been corrupted. My hands have been corrupted. The the, the, the way I've walked in my life has been corrupted. My motives have been corrupted. Every part of me has been corrupted. It doesn't mean that I can't do good things because I'm made in God's image. It means that every part of me has fallen. It's totally corrupted. Every part of me. So how can that which is righteous and God-honoring come out of that which is polluted. It cannot cannot happen, can it? It's like having a fountain which has been poured tar and toxins in it. And that fountain, it goes to the streams thereof and it just destroys everything. And that's what we're seeing in our culture. Broken families, broken lives. It's because the fountain, you see, the fountainhead, the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. It needs a new heart. It needs a new beginning. It needs the gospel. It needs to bring glory to God's name alone and understand the purpose of our lives is to glorify God. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the whole of the gospel. We must understand that our sin is so offensive to God. The gospel is not good news to those who think that they are worthy to be saved through their lineage, through their families, or through their birth, or through living decent lives. It's not good news. This is what, what I thought before I was saved. I thought, well, because I come from a Christian home, I'm a Christian. 
Because my mum was a Christian, I'm a Christian. That's not good news, friends. It's not through living decent lives. There, there are many people, people who are not Christians who live better lives than Christians. It's not that. Christ said in Luke 5.31, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, that are sick, we must see ourselves as sick and dying. That, that every part of us has been corrupted. Every part of us is rotting like a leper. As it were, we need a new heart to love God with. Sin has so completely infiltrated every part like a thief. It's so infiltrated every part of our lives. And so we need Christ. We need God the Father to draw us to himself through the Son. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to quicken us, to make us alive to the things of God. We need this, friends. We're sick. You see, if you're still struggling, I remember meeting a, 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 dear, a dear brother, I believe he is the Lord, Lord's now, but he said, I, 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 had a, I always have a problem with repentance. I, I, I can't repent. I don't feel like I need to repent. Well, I've got a bit, of a, a bit of advice for you in that respect. Study the law of God prayerfully and heartily over and over and over again until you realise your dire need of the Saviour. Because the, the, the psalmist said in the Psalms, didn't he? The law of God is perfect, converting the soul. What did he mean by that? Did he mean that we are justified by the law? No. He meant that if we study it with a heart to glorify God the Father, prayerfully, that it will teach us how far we fall short of the law and how much we need the Saviour Jesus Christ. How we need God's, the Father's plan through his son, to put all our trust in Christ for our salvation. Have we done this, friends? The law of God is perfect, converting the heart. It's perfect because it points to us, to the Saviour. Man was made for God. We belong to him. And we owe everything to him. And he is a jealous God. He is a jealous God because he knows what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us because we're sinners. He knows what we need, friends. Some people think that because they don't do such and such a thing anymore or, or less frequently that they're saved. And this is a bad indicator, friends, of salvation. That's not good news. Is your life now being about glorifying God the Father? That's what, when true salvation happens, it's all about glorifying God the Father. It's not just about I've given up certain sins or I don't do those things, I do those things less frequently. My life is about glorifying him. My conversation is in heaven now. I want to live for him. I want to live for the grand purposes of life, for Christ, for his gospel, to bring glory to God the Father, to cry to God the Father for help, for inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Do we depend upon him every day? Cry to the Lord, help me, Lord. I am weak, but thou art strong. Guide me today. Help me to overcome this. Help me to bring glory to thy name. The, 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 the pattern prayer that Christ said, hallowed be thy name. Are we praying for, for God's name to be hallowed, to be made holy in our lives, to bring glory to God the Father? That's what it is to be a Christian. 
to bring glory to God's name. And this, of course, friends, happens when we truly believe in the, in the gospel of God. The full gospel, not just part of it, that God was reconciling sinners to himself. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, at great cost to die on that cruel cross of Calvary for us wretched sinners. And that, that the Lord Jesus lived that perfect life that we can never live, perfectly obeying the Father, which we have not done, always glorifying the Father. And yet he suffered for all the sins of all those who had come to believe in him on that cross, for all our sins. And he was punished for all our sins on that cross. God the Father had to do that to his own son because he loved us, you see, and the Holy Spirit, you see, if we truly believe in that, applies it to our hearts, gives unction from above, and so that it becomes effectual to us, so that this does become the greatest news, the best news, the biggest news that we've ever heard, and it changes us. It changes every part of our lives. It must do, friends. Glorifying God all the time means we must come to see our sin in the light as God sees our sin. One can have a very respectable profession, but if your life, friends, is not being lived for the glory and honour of God, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing, isn't it? True belief and true salvation in the gospel of God is, brings us into a situation where God becomes the centre of our lives. He's not a secondary thought of our lives. He is the absolute pinnacle and centre of our lives. Everything is based upon him. Our whole lives are built upon the rock now, Christ. He becomes central. What he says in his word, yes, sir, I will do it willingly because I love him. And yes, we all fail. Of course, we all fall short. But he is the centre of our lives. He is the centre of our universe. We live for him. He is what my life is about. For me, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, Paul, ever since he received this good news, he was just in, he was in awe every day of it. He just lived every day for it. He is the main theme of our lives. Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel. If, you, if you've truly believed in the gospel, the good news, the best news for your soul, it would have affected every part of your lives. Paul is now a servant who serves the Lord Jesus Christ. He serves the triune God now. Not just the law, not just part, but everything. He serves the triune God. God. Oh, are we servants of the Most High God? Are we serving the Lord with our lives? I mean, every part of our lives, is it taken up with the God? We're not kind of holding something back. Well, I don't want to give you this part of my life. Are we serving him with everything? With our hearts, with our minds? Not just not doing certain things that we never used to do, but our lives are completely dedicated to him now. We love him now. We're serving him. Paul was called, wasn't he? Someone who was called is someone who listens 
to Christ, to the words of God. Have you been called? Have you been separated and enrolled in God's service? Are you in God's kingdom? Are you listening to his words? Paul was called now. His his main aim now is to be conformed to the word of God, not to what the culture says, but to the word of God. He's been called. Are we living in conformity to the word of God? And of course, the Apostle Paul was separated. He was severed, as it were, severed from, from trying to get right with God by his own works, by his own life. But now he's been separated to the gospel, to live exclusively for the gospel, the good news. That's what the good news does. It separates us to it. It severs it to us. So we live exclusively for this good news. Because it's, the good news is that's changed our destination forever. And so Paul has been, serves the Lord, he, he obeys the Lord now, he listens to the Lord now, and he's dedicated, absolutely dedicated now. This is the effect it has. And of course, we've, you know, we have jobs, we have many duties to do, but is our main theme in life to live for the glory of God? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Has the gospel, the good news, had this effect upon you? Friends, it must do. In order for it to be a, a, a true work of God, it must, it must have changed your whole life. So that, that, that Christ and God the Father and God the Holy the Son, uh, Spirit, the trying God means everything to you. You know, and I, I just want to make this point again. That's the problem with much of the Christianity around us, is that some parts of Christianity just put its emphasis upon the Spirit. I just need some new revelation, some new experience, some new vision. And if I don't get that, then the God's left me. That's not the gospel. Some, I get sometimes other pastors emailing me saying, saying, this person, there's a, someone coming to our church and he's talking about this and it's all about sexual sin, avoiding sexual sin. This is the gospel. I said, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. There's so much confusion to what the gospel is. The gospel, friends, includes the full trinity, includes what God the Father has done in planning before the foundation of the world to send his son, to give his son for wretched sinners such as us. And God the Son... God the Son obeyed his Father and came and gave his holy life for us, for us to be punished in our stead. Substitutionary atonement, to, to take our place, as it were, to be punished for not only our sins, but also the, the, the lives that we have not lived to, to the glory of God. He gives us his righteousness, you see, as if we've never sinned. What a wonder this is. And that he gives us the Holy Spirit to apply these truths to our lives. God in us, the Holy Spirit. It's, it, the full trinity is needed for salvation, you see. It must be this way, friends, for us to understand these things. Uh, but we come through the Son, but it's, it's, it's important for us to understand the, the full Godhead is at work in the salvation of any poor lost sinner. I just really hope and pray that we take that to heart. 
We know we're not swept aside by this so much charismatic and worldly Christianity that bypasses the cross, substitutionary atonement, what it costs the Father. It's just about an experience. That's not the gospel. The go- it's the gospel of God, as the Apostle Paul puts it. It cost God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, didn't it? God the Father's heart was broken when he had to send his beloved son and be separated from the son. I could just imagine having to do that to one of my children. What, what, that would, that, what pain that would cause me in my heart. God the Father did that for you. God the Son, like Abraham with Isaac, Isaac obeyed his father perfectly, willingly. No, no not putting up complaints. He sweat, he sweat blood because he knew that he was going to die for your sins. God the Son did that for you. And God the Holy Spirit so indwelled a poor, wretched sinner, full of darkness and sin like me and you. God the Holy Spirit did that. Was so willing to go into us a vessel of wrath, of, of darkness. God the Spirit was so willing to enlighten us. You see, friends, it's the Godhead the full trinity here. Well, I do hope and pray the Lord will give us understanding to these things and it will give us a great appreciation for his precious gospel. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers.com at gmail.com that's grace to seekers at gmail.com alternatively you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.co.uk